1: You were made to be a joyful mama, to have a heart that is thriving, not striving. And we want to help you step into the fullness of all you were created to become. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Joyful Mama Show. It's Liz and Sarah, or Sarah and Liz. It's Sarah talking. So Sarah and Liz, (laughs) we are so glad to be back in your ears this week. And we decided to open the podcast this week with a question we would love to know and hear from you. And so we're going to answer this question ourselves really quick. And then we want to hear your answers. And so we're going to put a post on Instagram. And if you go to our Instagram, the the.joyfulmama, you will see a post with the question, what do you do while you listen to podcasts? We want to know what are you doing while you're listening to us? We want to know what's going on on the other side of the headphones. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening with you? Are you in the bathtub? Are you in the car? Are you doing laundry, dishes, making food? Are you working? Are you mowing the lawn? (laughs) We want to know what's your favorite activity or what do you do most often While you listen to us and other people, we think it's just such a privilege to be in your ears, such an intimate thing for you to be listening to us while you're in your homes and your cars and shopping. So we're just so grateful for you. So Liz, I'll ask you first, what is your typical activity you do while listening to podcasts?
0: Well, I don't know if it's the most typical, because I definitely don't do this every time I listen to podcasts, but Every time I do this, I am listening to a podcast. If that makes sense. Gotcha. So mowing the lawn, every time I'm mowing, um, you know, ride on the riding lawnmower. Every time I'm mowing, I'm listening to a podcast. It's like the thing that makes mowing fun for me. So I always am listening to a podcast when I'm mowing. And then the more regular um, things that I do, definitely when I'm cooking, just kind of puttering around the house. I usually have one earbud in and then one out so I can still hear the kids and what's happening in the house and then have a podcast or even like, you know, an audible book in my ear. So that's what it is for me. What about you? What are you doing when you listen to podcasts?
1: Wait, when I said maybe you're mowing the lawn right after I said it, I thought that was such a dumb thing to say. How do could- <laughs> A podcast while they're mowing the lawn. And then you said, I mow the lawn. So I felt so validated.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you said it, I was like, how would she have guessed that? Because I feel like that's kind of a random one. It does require the air pods, you know, in my ear. And then like the noise canceling, like big muff headphones on top so that the loud sound of the lawnmower doesn't drown out the podcast. So it's taken, you know, some figuring out, but okay. Now I have a great visual view.
1: Okay. So usually I would say I'm either, I, I usually am listening to podcasts when I'm out and about, like when I'm at the store, if I'm grocery shopping without a child, I often use that time to listen to podcasts. Um, I always download them first into my phone. So I'm not trying to like get internet while I'm. <laughs> listening to the podcast. Cause you know, at a grocery store, the internet's horrible. So I'm often, or like meandering around target on my Sabbath. That's something I love to do is like, I need to get one thing from target, but then I'm there for like an hour, just listening to a podcast, okay. basically my cart, just like my one thing in the cart, wandering around target. <laughs> I love um, it. Yes. That's like one of my favorite things to do. And I like you always have the one earphone in and the one one out, even when I'm out in public, because I don't want to appear, appear like totally inaccessible to people. Like even when I'm just seeing strangers, I want to be able to like smile and not have just that, like I'm closed off to any kind of conversation. So I always got the one method in, which is probably most moms, but mm-hmm. why don't you tell us what we're going to be talking about today?
0: I've been through such a journey over the last few years with my own mindset and giving myself permission to actually dream and say that I want what I actually want. I was super spiritual and probably a little religious and thought that you had to choose between living a laid down life for Jesus and having abundance. And it seemed like they were polarizing ideas or topics. Like how could I be, you know, someone who has submitted my whole life and laid down everything, laid down my crown and everything else at the feet of Jesus, and then also pursue wealth, which looks very worldly and, you know, just like stuff. I always thought, well, wealth just means stuff. And what I have come to realize in the last few years through some amazing mentors and, and just renewing my mind, is that it's not or in the kingdom. It's usually not ever or. I don't have to choose be a good mom or entrepreneur. I don't have to choose be a good wife or good homeschool mom or, you know, all the different roles that we play. You don't have to choose between being a good follower of Jesus and being faithful to him or stewarding wealth for the kingdom. It can be and. And so Now I realize that wealth doesn't necessarily mean that I have to acquire more things for myself. It just means I'm trusted with more resources and how I distribute those resources is completely up to me as the steward. Now, it doesn't mean that I have to give it all away to be holy. Doesn't mean that, oh, if I make a million dollars, I have to give away 990,000 of that (laughs) So that it's so that God will bless it because that's, you know, that's just what I used to think that it had to all be given away. And so now I see that the the Lord loves to bless us because we're his kids. And some of it is that he does want us to enjoy life right now where we are. And some of the people that I used to judge for their great big houses, Now I see it totally differently. I have a a great mentor who I have so much respect for actually several, several amazing mentors who have huge houses and what I've seen them do with their houses and and the hospitality they're able to extend to people is an extension of who God is as a King, as a good father, as someone who creates an atmosphere for relationships, you know, even the retreat that we hosted in the big, beautiful house in, in Texas, it's like, it would have been a different kind of experience had we been in a little shack, right? Like there's something about being in a big home with open spaces and light and the aesthetic of, of a room makes a difference in the experience. So anyway, now I see that abundance, not only is so that we can enjoy the the seasons that we're in now with our kids, taking our kids on vacation and not having to go into debt, or doing little things like buying the throw pillows that bring my heart joy when I do go to Target. (laughs) Little things like that. (laughs) When you have the resources you need, you you get more choices, you get more freedom, which ultimately is the ultimate driver in my life is a life of freedom. But it also does give you the choice to be more generous. And so A king is known by how his kingdom either flourishes or does not flourish. So to me, it would make sense that God would want his children to prosper, not just because he loves us, but because it's a reflection on who he is as a king. And for so many years, I thought that I had to have this like. I'll lay down my wants and my dreams and my desires for the sake of the call. (laughs) I'll take one for the team because I'll I'll be poor for you, Jesus, like that. And not that there's not anyone, there are people that he calls to live that lifestyle of, you know, laying things down and living. I'm not saying that no one's ever called to do that, but I think that there are a huge population of Christians who think that we're all called to that or think they're called to that when they're not. And so anyway, that's how I Believed, but it was because I, my mindset was wrong and I didn't understand I could stay at home with my kids and have an opportunity to make a significant income that could make an impact on the kingdom outside my home while I'm impacting the kingdom inside my home. So, anyway, tell us about your journey. That's kind of a long spiel about mine and where I've come from, but single motherhood was, you know, food stamps and all the things. I was like more than happy to pay the price, and now looking back, I'm like I didn't really have to pay that price. I could have been the stay-at-home mom who homeschooled and was single and found a way to not rely on the government, which mm-hmm. no shame. I, I I'm not. I don't feel condemned that I did. I didn't know what I didn't know, but now I'm like I I want to pursue wealth, and I don't feel bad about it, which is an amazing transformation, and I'm mm-hmm. so grateful. <laughs> So, yeah, I think
1: that for me, it's been, you know, coming out of that orphan mindset of really like kind of functioning as a fatherless child of God. (laughs) Like I'd been a child of God my whole life, but I kind of functioned like I was an orphan Mm -hmm. and a father that had all the resources in the world (laughs) that beyond the world at his fingertips and realizing that like the scarcity or poverty mentality that there was never enough and I always had to like scrimp to provide for myself this feeling that there's not going to be enough and that there's never more money. Like whatever I have right now, I better hold on to because there's no more coming. I mean, to to change this mindset from there's not enough to there's always enough is very challenging and difficult and mm-hmm. takes scenario after scenario after scenario of practicing of deciding really and choosing to look at a situation in a different way than you used to. Now my mind goes to, there's always more money. There's always more money. There's always more. When I come to the t- and sit at the table with Jesus, like it's always full. Like the table always is full of food. Like it's, there's no scarcity in the kingdom. And so trying, not trying, but intentionally asking God to come and father me and, like change my mindsets and the lies that I was believing about what it was like to be a citizen of the kingdom has Mm. for sure been a journey. And, you know, right when you think you've like, you're like, I'm there, (laughs) like another scenario comes along and circumstance that challenges you again, and you get to go even deeper into it and believe it at an even, even deeper level. And for me, that is the laying down of my crown. Like that is the surrender of, Because I definitely, you know, having been a believer my whole life, a missionary who lived on support for many years, you know, in ministry where we were church planners and we had like barely two pennies to rub together, that ministry mindset of like, when well, when you're in ministry, you're just always begging for money and you're always poor <laughs> basically. And you're yeah. always waiting for people to give you your next meal, your next you know, months rent, whatever it is. And so getting out of that mindset, I grew up in and really mm-hmm. turning it upside down into now I'm God's given me the power to like create wealth mm-hmm. and like go begging for it. It's such a, a mindset
0: shift. I love how you just brought up the power to create wealth, because I think so many of us stay stuck in like just before getting to a place of abundance and prosperity, because we're waiting, we're waiting on God. We're waiting on people. We're waiting on the idea or the stars to align or all of the things to be in place, or we're waiting to feel ready. And it's a proactive thing. You know, I think that's Deuteronomy 8, 18. If mm-hmm. I remember correctly, God has given us the power to create wealth. And that is a very active. Create means I'm putting my hands to something. I'm bringing something to life I'm I'm taking something that was not there and making it there. <laughs> right. So we're really as being made in God's image. We are called to be creators and creating wealth is something that we can really partner with the Lord in and it does glorify him.
1: To get our free heart-centered homeschooling ebook or to book a breakthrough call about homeschooling or business with Sarah, visit the links in the description of this podcast. Also, we always want to hear your questions or ideas for new podcasts, so do please slide into our DMs on Instagram or post in our Facebook group. We would love to hear from you.